Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google certificates. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. Do not forget to buy lentils, or the lentil soup you're making for dinner will be sorely lacking. By the way, Mrs. Calloway says thanks for helping her bundle home and auto. She appreciates the extra savings, even though you kept using the word apropos incorrectly. But the main thing is do not forget to buy, uh, what was it? Something apropos, the lentil soup. Sorry, I'll call you back. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Meara, Democratic pollster with PSB Research. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So a few announcements. First, you should watch our Facebook Live. We've been doing these roughly every week with This Week from ABC. So we just did one this past week, and we will likely have one uh, coming up soon. Um, But we may be putting on some of our interviews on hiatus, but hopefully we have an interview surprise coming soon. Um, And then I want to make sure people know that I'm going to be out in LA on October 20th. So that's next week, I believe, and doing a live show with Josh Barrow and all the folks from Left, Right, and Center, which is a podcast, also a actual show with KCRW, which is public radio out in LA. So if you're in the LA area, you should go. It's going to be pretty cool. I mean, Gene Sperling's going to be there for crying out loud. If you may remember, if you are a political nerd like me, his very funny video at the Democratic Convention, <laughs> if you don't remember, for his policy chops. Anyway, so he's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Josh Barrow is going to be there. Republican pollster Leslie Sanchez is going to be there. The other folks. So you should come check it out. So in other news... You know, I got Twitter verified this week, and I had a pretty good Indigenous People's Day. How, what's going on in your side of the world, Kristen? Anything happening? I am not having the time of my life. But we do know that one of my favorite memes that came out of this last presidential debate was Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump circling one another with mics as if at a karaoke duet contest. I, I did love that. And I, I also <laughs> like the Islands in the Stream one because Islands in the Stream is actually one of my, my own personal karaoke numbers, <laughs> along with along with some ones that are probably a little oh, bit more. Oh, if only that's what <laughs> Sunday night was. So this week's uh, top lines, the debate, what happened, the tapes, the ladies, what is going on in this election? <laughs> Is the GOP in free fall? What is happening? We will take a look. Plus, we'll discuss whether or not McMuffin Mentum may throw this race back to the House of Representatives. Then you've got Roswell, Area 51, chemtrails, whether or not Harambe is responsible for 9-11. We're going to dig into the polls on people's willingness to believe weird conspiracy theories. It's statistically likely that Dr. McDreamy would have been a Republican, but what about House or Dr. Cox from Scrubs? We'll look at polling on what medical specialties lean which way politically. And finally, we'll talk a little bit about candy so that we don't go insane. 
So the poll of the week basically sets the stage for what we're talking about in this episode and probably from now on, which is the craziness of the presidential race. It's really hard to avoid this poll. There's a a poll. I think this is um, Morning Consult and Politico asking how – much you've heard, have you heard a lot or some about a variety of news stories? And so they they compared different news stories over the past few months to see which ones have really penetrated the most. And the Trump video leak, and this poll was from the 8th, which I think was Saturday, correct? Right, the 8th was Saturday, was as high as the Brussels attack and the Orlando shooting, higher than Zika, higher than attacks in knees, higher than Brangelina divorce, higher than Roger Ailes resigning, higher than even Pokemon Go as a news story. That's how big the Trump video leak was, um, a real sign of how ma- massive of a news story this has been. I don't know if we've seen quite as massive of a poll defection quite yet, but because nothing really can beat how massive the news story is. It's just basically wall-to-wall Trump. And video and on craziness. On Friday, all the time. I was really surprised on Friday evening to see WikiLeaks do the big dump of emails. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton uh, campaign, John Podesta, all of these emails showing things like transcripts from her speeches to Wall Street and, you know, her saying we should have open borders and, you know, all the stuff that would really like under almost any other circumstances be a big deal. Um, and I was, I was stunned that WikiLeaks dropped it. In the middle of this literal hurricane as well as news hurricane. Like, was the attempt to like, oh, well, everybody's talking about this thing that's bad for Trump and we kind of like Trump. So let's try to drop something bad about Hillary Clinton. You have misread the American public's appetite for certain types of headlines. Right. Like, I'm going to dig deep in some like Hillary Clinton emails as opposed to like a gross tape. Yeah. With Billy Bush? I mean, you got to be kidding me. Donald Trump talking about grabbing women's genitalia right. versus John Podesta's emails. Hey, like, I just, you have misread I just the wanted to flag this for you. If you <laughs> like think, email, if you email think email that story is going to push Donald Trump being <laughs> grotesque out of the news. Yeah. So, wrong call, WikiLeaks. Yeah. You misread how this news cycle thing works. Yeah. Um. And so this poll just sort of confirms that. Right. So that's what we're – everything that we're going to talk about basically kind of attaches itself to this for for the most part except for the candy because obviously we need to end on a sweet note. Um, but first let's talk a little bit about the debate because the debate I guess is kind of the one of the framing kind of news pegs here. And that's um, – that happened Sunday night obviously. And one thing – story that came out of the pr- previous debate were all of these like crazy snap polls where you could just refresh and vote as many times as you want. They weren't real polls, but they provided a counterpoint to the story that that real poll showed, which is Clinton had won the debate very decisively. So you had the Trump team saying, well, they were citing all these kind of non-polls. And Breitbart, I don't think we've ever cited Breitbart as a news story, news source before. It's the first time for everything. They said, and I don't know, even if this is not true, it really doesn't matter. They said that fewer outlets are, were doing those snap polls after the second debate. I am looking at Margie like, what? how did this make it into our script? Well, I mean, the, the headline. I think they were like upset about that. Well, clearly obviously. it says half, I mean, the, the story alleges that news outlets skipped posting snap polls, quote, most likely because Donald Trump touted his dominance of their poll after the first debate in September. That like the idea is that, 
these news outlets would be like, oh, we don't want to give Donald well, Trump. The reason is di- the reason. I mean, like with every conspiracy theory, theory, there's like one kind of kernel of something in there. It's not like let's tail a tale from from maybe all of the like internal polling people went to their other editors and were like, you have to stop exactly. doing this. Right. Because we're being cited as a, you know, as a poll, as a poll when we know this is not a poll. This is a viewer engagement tool. <laughs> and this is not yeah. a poll. Okay. And so it doesn't mean that. It's because news outlets don't like Trump. It's because the polls are not polls. Anyway, so there were a few polls, though, real polls. Trump did better in this debate and than he last did time. Better. He still didn't win, but he did better. Right, and, which was interesting. And, you know, and a couple polls show this. So the CNN ORC poll where they, you know, they actually recruited people who were who have watched the debate. Um, that poll they showed in this one, 57 to 34. In the first one, it was 62-27. In the first one, she really kind of cleaned his clock. In the second one, it was a little bit narrower. And expectations were lower for him, too. So the other thing the CNN folks do is they say, who do you expect will do better? And in this one, two-thirds of their sample said they expected Clinton to do better. And then that fell off by 10 points in the final result, while Trump overperformed. I mean, again... Trump lost, but in the expectations game, he overperformed. Right. I guess, right. He's just just doing some kind of trick on us all, right, by doing (laughs) so badly on the first one that maybe the second one, he can exceed expectations slightly, I guess. But of course, you know, when you you ask then, NBC News and SurveyMonkey did a post-debate poll over the weekend. They said, who won the debate? Of course, this also showed Clinton winning, but by a smaller margin. Here you had, again, one-third of voters saying – or one-third of people who – were likely voters saying that they thought Trump won, uh, 44% saying they thought Clinton won. Um, But then when you said, has your opinion of these people changed as a result of the debate? Uh, After the first debate, Hillary Clinton had slightly more people saying it had changed for the better versus the worst. Uh, But a, a majority in both debates and for both candidates say the debate didn't change my mind. And in three out of the four debates, Earth in both debates for Donald Trump, more people said it made me think worse of him than better of him. So really, these debates are not – it doesn't seem like they're dramatically moving the needle. We ha- Now, we'll talk in a moment. We have begun to see Trump slide pretty bigly, big league. <laughs> I think he's saying big league. There is was debate about this on Twitter. It sounds yeah. like bigly, but he has put out ads using the phrase big league a lot. So I think that's what he's really saying. I digress. Um, is he? Kristen's throwing him a bone, throwing big, him a, a Ken bone. Big, so, well, no, people on Twitter actually inform me that bigly is a real word. Hmm. That, that in fact, if he is using the word bigly, that this is he a has real the thing. greatest words, the very best, the very best. <laughs> uh, so, but of course, you know, even as we went into the debate, um, it is unavoidable. The news story that we discussed at the beginning, uh, Donald Trump on tape discussing his ability to have his way with women as a result of his fame, consensual or non-consensual. Um, and these tapes were pretty horrifying. You saw a the beginnings of a mass exodus of his Republican policymaker supporters over the weekend beginning to finally say, nope, we've had enough. Um, I am a cynical person, and I assumed that if Donald Trump didn't actually fall off big time in the polls, that the bleeding would stop because people are going to be responsive to the polls and not want their constituents to be mad. Sure enough, Republican Senator Deb Fisher has already unretracted or undone her retraction of her endorsement. So there's that. 
Um, it, this, it just seems like – I mean I guess this is stating the obvious for folks. But it just seems like it couldn't – this whole thing could not have been worse, right, for Republicans. Like in terms of the perception. On the one hand, you have Repub- – you know – you Republicans who say, okay, well, this is upsetting to me, implying all these other things were not upsetting, right? So all the people offended by everything else, you know, sorry, that didn't bother me. This actually bothers me. You have that. And it's happening so late that you simply can't do anything about it. Voting is already like 500,000, 450, 500,000 people have already voted. Ballots are printed. There's, you know, the even if you'd said, we are going to get rid of them, you, you actually can't. Um, and, you know, and then you have – it's too late to, like, figure out what your plan is for all your down-ballot races. It's just a complete – you know, it's, like, literally the worst of all things colliding. Um, Welcome to my perpetual hell, Margie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm – I guess – and did you ever thought of that, Kristen? <laughs> I have an idea. I have some thoughts on this. Um, so it turns out this is a very weird thing to – poll on as we've talked about this campaign continually pushes pollsters into new territory about how on god's green earth do we ask people their opinion about this um because in one sense the the argument that i have heard and that i think is persuasive is that the difference between this story and the other ones is that in the past he has been saying offensive things and this is him describing taking horrifying actions that for, for me it's not I'm not offended by foul language. I highly recommend everybody go read Game Change, the book about the 2008 election. Hillary Clinton uses terrible language. And right. frankly, that part almost endeared me to her because it really like makes her seem like, oh, that's what I'm like when I'm driving in a car right. on my way to work in the morning. Hillary like, Curse is just like me. I've been there. I've been there, Hillary. We keep it clean on this show, though. We keep, yes. our, keep our clean rating. But yes. It, it is not that he said something offensive. It's that he's describing offensive action. But, of course, how how do you poll on that? Because even that is loaded with – that's my judgment about what has gone on. Right. It's not Jeff Ses- Sessions' judgment, for example. Correct. Um, and there are a lot of folks that say, oh, this is just talk. It's just locker room talk. So right. how you ask the question here is really complicated. So uh, you first you had the poll, the NBC Wall Street Journal poll, which again has shown Donald Trump, I believe, losing by 10 or 11 points. We haven't gotten into any of the ballot test questions yet, but it's, we'll... It's terrible. For, you know. Yeah, it's, I think he's down by like 11. Like <laughs> yeah, I think it was like 14 in the two-way in this one, Yeah, nine just, in the four-way in this particular And then poll. PRRI was down by 11 or something yeah, like that. I it's mean, bad. It's just bad. It's just bad stuff. So, so, but they did have time to then ask some of their respondents about this. And the way they worded the question was, in the last few days, a videotape of Donald Trump talking about women in vulgar and crude terms was released. From what do you know, do you think this disqualifies Donald Trump from being considered as president and he should withdraw from the race? Uh, a plurality says no to this question. Uh, but it's pretty narrow. Yes, no. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this breaks down along partisan lines. Um, then they ask people, what do you think was on the tape? Describe to us which of these best sounds like what you heard. That it's inappropriate talk, but typical of how men talk in private with other men? Is it completely unacceptable and crosses a boundary into describing kissing and touching women in a way with a sexual way without their consent? Um, or have you just not heard enough? And again, a plurality say it is unacceptable because he's describing these actions, whereas about 34% um, overall say uh, it's inappropriate, but typical of, of how men talk in private. It's not, I mean, it's not that big of a difference, honestly. The difference between 34 and 41 is 
you know, not great, um, is not large. So there's some, so there's some dispute and this is, you know, without providing a transcript of the tape, they are asking people to comment on Can you imagine having to decide whether or not you are going to include his exact language? Well, we saw in Morning Consult and maybe Frank Luntz also, I'm not sure, but for sure Morning Consult dialed some of the video, right? Yeah. I was pretty outraged on Twitter about it. I mean, because (laughs) I was like, like, what do you measure? Like, there's only going to be a dial down. There's not going to be a dial up. Yeah. I think my, I was, I've been pretty much in like YOLO mode on Twitter (laughs) lately. Like just if, if Donald Trump says he's unshackled, well, guess who else feels pretty, pretty darn unshackled this week. Um, But yeah, it was once dial tested the access Hollywood video. And I was like, what are you trying to find? Like, gosh, well, I didn't like what he said, but... The, I like Tic Tacs. But, but it was considerate that he freshens his breath before he kisses women without their consent. Like, I did like that part. I mean, what? what? I don't know. What? I mean... At what point in the video is the dial supposed to go up? I mean, I guess, you know, uh, look, we're all just trying to we're all just trying to figure out I know, what's happening. I know, but, but I was just exasperated. And then Morning Consult and Politico asked another question. Most men talk like this and use this sort of lewd language in private... Or most men do not talk like this and use this sort of lewd language in private. And there you had a slight plurality, almost very similar numbers say most men do talk like this. I don't think they describe the tape in detail. Um, No, it looks like they're pretty much saying, you know, which do you agree with more? The video was locker room banter and does not reflect Trump's true views toward women or that it reflects Trump's true views toward women. More think that it reflects his true views toward women, but then more also think, but this is just... How men talk. Yeah. So, so anyway, so we, I, and, and we asked something, PSB, we're going to release it today. We has, had an online session. We asked some people about it. Like, what questions did you have about this? We showed some clips of the debate um, where people spoke, you know, where Trump explained his, his pivot from locker room to ISIS, that smooth pivot that he made. And then, um, and a, and a clip of Clinton talking about it. Anyway, it's, uh, it's you know it, it is a challenge I think to explain what's in the tape, um, and, and that's incumbent on people talking about this. It's incumbent on reporters. It's incumbent on pollsters. It's difficult to do. It's very much like, and I've talked about this race before, and when we appeared on um, David Drucker's podcast, this uh, race, a congressional race I worked on years ago, where the incumbent opponent. Uh, he had a mistress who called the cops on him. She went to the bathroom, turned the shower on, locked the door so he couldn't hear her call the police because she said he choked her. He said, you know, this was a massage, a consensual massage. And in the press, if you're just kind of reading it and you're a voter and you're not sort of reading every line, you're like, oh, he had an affair. Why do, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hear about this. And you had to, if you want, you know, it's not simply an affair. You had to really, you know, show the documents and explain it in you know the words that it happened. Otherwise, people aren't really getting the full story. And there is a real difference. It's not out of a salacious sort of need to tell the story, but because whether you're talking about consent or not is actually really important. And um, for folks who you know have been following, there was a woman, an author, who said, "Tweet me your uh, sexual assault stories," and 
there were, you know, she says she's been getting 50 a minute since then. Mm -hmm. 50 a minute assault stories on Twitter from like women all over the world. I mean, it's been quite a thing. So just because it maybe seem common doesn't mean that it's consent it's not, or that it's okay. It's not right. Um, the, the, the question for the race and the polls is, is this therefore going to move the needle or not at all? Um, you know, was Trump already on a downward swing before this even happened? Or uh, is, you know, was, is a bad debate performance what caused it? Is the video what caused it? Uh, Huffington Post pollster did a survey before and after when the poll, when the video was released. Uh, 32% of registered voters think Trump respects women, which was identical to the percentage who'd said so in a poll taken days before the video's release. So this is the, this is the question is, you know, the the analogy I've been using is that it's that like the the frog in the pot of boiling water, right? That if the the pot of water is already boiling and you put the try to put the frog, this is really horrifying, by the way. Like, why would you boil a frog? But if you if if you put the frog into the You're pot French. of boiling water uh, while it's alive, though, mm, yeah. Well, that's what you do with a lobster. I know. And David Foster Wallace's "Consider the Lobster" essay like really makes me feel bad about eating lobster. Or you just. just Stab it and then you put it in. The bugs of the sea, but yeah. they're so delicious in butter. Um, so, you know, if, if if you've got a pot of boiling water and you put a frog in it, it will jump right back out. It'll be like, no, this is hot. I don't want this. But if you put the frog in the water and then you slowly heat up the water, then you cook the frog. That's what's happened. I think if this tape had come out a year ago, back when Trump's favorables, even within the Republican Party, were pretty mediocre, maybe that's people go – no, absolutely not. But like the cake is so already baked with him and people have already decided like I am signed up with this guy no matter what. He really could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and get away with it that like the the crescendo of bad has just become has just made people numb to where it's like, oh, Trump did something dumb again. Oh, Trump did something offensive again. It's a Tuesday. I guess Trump did something offensive and that right. nothing breaks through or changes opinions because people have already internalized Trump's a bad person, but he'll make America great again. Right. I, I like him despite that or because of that. Um, but I'm aware of it. You know, yeah. so he's certainly not, you know, trying to keep that on the on the DL, right? <laughs> That's right. He's very out front about that. And then, you know, the Trump folks would argue, or they did argue, they certainly tried a, a, an incredible stunt before the debate of uh, bringing in some women from Bill Clinton's past and Hillary Clinton's past and uh, mentioning it in the debate, uh, surrogates talking about it pre and post debate, and you know it raises a question: What does this? What does that do? Does that change things in some way? So Reuters asked. So there, there hasn't been that much public polling on this. I mean, I think we spoke about uh, a Seltzer poll, or at least I, I maybe someplace else we spoke about a Seltzer poll that showed uh, from uh, for Bloomberg from June showing it. You know, talking about Hillary Clinton's past with women and Bill Clinton was the least effective message against her out of everything that Sel uh, Ann Seltzer tested in that poll. Reuters just tested something very recently saying, is it appropriate to bring up Bill Clinton's past? And uh, majority said, no, it's not appropriate. I mean, even, you know, there was a, quite a bit difference between Republican women and Republican men. Republican men are far more likely to say, yeah, that's appropriate than Republican women are. Um, so, you know, this is uh, it's not as simple saying, oh, ladies all want to hear about this kind of stuff. Like, you know, this is this is like a lady topic. This is not the kind of women's issues that women want to talk about. You know? Yeah. Um, 
And then what does this mean for the gender gap? Obviously, Clinton's going to benefit from a gender gap, even if she was Bob Clinton, because Democrats benefit from a gender gap. Um, I'm just laughing at Bob. I don't know. Bob Clinton would have a gender gap. Hillary Clinton looks like she's going to have a really big gender gap. So, um, you know, the PRI Atlantic survey that was just released showed this insane (laughs) gender gap where she's getting 61% of the vote with women and he... um, um, is getting uh thir- wait thirty seven she's she's getting thirty seven of the support with men sixty one percent with women and the reverse is true there's a twenty point gender gap on the Trump side where he's only getting twenty eight percent of the vote among women and forty eight percent with men my favorite finding incredible about gender that comes out this week is from that YouGov Economist poll where they asked people who were married or in a domestic partnership who are you voting for. And then who do you think your spouse is voting for? And so men were breaking 31 to 49, Clinton to Trump, so plus 18 for Trump. And uh, among women, they kind of get that right. They slightly more more likely to think that their husbands are voting for for Clinton than they are in reality. Um, But generally, they kind of get it right. They still think that their husbands are leaning Trump. A lot of them say not sure. Then you ask uh, women, who are you voting for for president? And 45% say Clinton, 40% say Trump. But then when you ask the men, who do you think your wives are voting for? It's 33-42 in favor of Trump. So men think their wives are voting for Trump. Yeah. And the wives say in the poll that they're voting for Clinton. Yeah. Which is exactly what we've been talking about, the hidden Clinton vote. Right. That everybody talks about this hidden Trump vote. And is it socially unacceptable to say that you're voting for Trump? But maybe. There's a lot. There's women out there. Who yes, they honey, don't I'm wanna... voting for Donald Trump. Yep. Uh-huh. They're sitting in the dining room taking that poll. And they're like, I just don't even want to deal. I just don't even want to deal with the fight. Yeah. So sure, yeah. I'm Donald for Trump. Trump. He so is this was great. just it's my first it's the first data point that I have seen that suggests the hidden Clinton vote could be could be a real thing. Right. And it could be right. Women who don't want to. Um, by the way, so before we move on completely off the topic of gender and this election. Um, I just want to throw out there that if you watch Saturday Night Live, we got a second dose oh, yeah. of Kate uh, Kate McMillan's pretty fantastic Kellyanne Conway impression. This time, it made me laugh a lot, and I did. it did not make me feel uncomfortable at all. It was very well done. It was, in many ways, something that I, I could identify with a little bit. Margie, I don't know if you could identify with pieces of it. Not yes. not the defending Donald Trump parts, but like, she's doing a TV segment, and she's like, Jake, I gotta go put my groceries in the fridge. Like, you gotta let me off this segment. <laughs> that, that did, that did cut, cut a little yeah, close to there's, the Yeah, there's right? the one when she's so frustrated, and she starts to take the mic off, like, before she walks off the set. I'm like, oh, I've been there. <laughs> I've been like, get this microphone off me now. I want to go home. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty funny, and it was good. And you know, and it was good. It did not make fun of Kellyanne's looks, which I did see some Democrats doing on Twitter, and which they did in that last SNL mm-hmm. thing. And again, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's complicated, right? Because I mean, if we were going to make fun of some pundit guy, pundits tie, no one would get upset, right? But right, and that's the benefit, and. That's the benefit. That's male privilege, right? You can, you know, like nobody is not going to get upset. There's no like decades of objectification for him to worry about when you make fun of somebody's, you know, tie or that he's not wearing a collared shirt on television or whatever. But all that being said, I just, you know, lay off, 
Lay off the clothing talk. It just seems cr- – I found myself wanting to tweet to defend sleeveless women's clothes on television at midnight. I was like, okay, maybe I should not be tweeting about this at midnight. Maybe it's If you've got a problem debate. with women showing their arms on television, you got much, much bigger problems. I, but it's – I'm going to – I'm yeah. just – and I don't mean that you. I mean right. like if you are out there and you're like, how dare women wear sleeveless dresses on TV? That's a little bit oh, – that's a lot of pearl clutching. Honey. Yeah. Oh, honey. Um, but the other big uh, sort of in – in Kellyanne news uh, that, that I thought was really interesting and very relevant to what we talk about is um, a profile on her for The New Yorker by Ryan Lizza um, that sort of digs into her experiences in the polling industry and, you know, being a woman in the male-dominated field of Republican polling, which I would actually argue is not as male-dominated, I think, as people think. You've got Linda yep. Duvall. You've got – I mean, you've got a lot of – but anyways yep. – um, but, but one of the things that I think was valuable to bring up is something that Margie and I were asked about on CNN about a week or two a- ago, which is, you know, the Trump campaign is touting all of these unscientific post-debate, you know, snap polls. And shouldn't Kellyanne know better? And sh- why isn't she telling Donald Trump to stop touting them? And my response on air was like, do you honestly think she has the ability to control Donald Trump? Like, I'm sure she knows that these polls are garbage, and I'm sure she would not want to. She, this is like eight thousand, uh, number eight thousand on her list of things to do. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm I guarantee you, she is smart enough to know that this is not good, but also that she has limited ability to prevent the campaign from running with this stuff. And sure enough, in the Ryan Lizza piece, it talks about how at one point there was some her assistant or a campaign staffer was tweeting from her account and tweeted out one of those garbage polls and that she got really mad at them and was like, you can't do that. And and like, I guess deleted the tweet. Right. Which we talked about that tweet on Twitter. On this show a week or two ago, yeah, so it was pretty funny. We to we, see we sort of suspect like like there's no way like she's she's she is she knows what she's she knows where the line is right. She so, knows where the line is on this stuff. So it was that that little detail just jumped out to me and was like ah oh, we knew. So in some online polls, fake garbage polls, totally fair game to call her out on. Although she knew better, but it was fair yep. point of conversation. Sleeves, not fair game. I, is that, I think, I think we, a good summary? I think that's a your, good summary. Your candidate, however, he's not defensible. But, you know, that's all right. She's doing a, she's doing, you know, she's doing a good job. Defense. You're looking at the wrong girl. Yeah, she's doing a good job defending the indefensible, uh, I guess. So only, only other thing we'll point out is uh, there's one poll that came out this morning that was catching a lot of attention. And it's a poll from a firm called Y2 Analytics run by some political scientists um, out of BYU. Uh, they did a poll for the Deseret News and found uh, – Clinton and Trump tied in Utah, but that's not even the biggest story. Bear in mind, Utah is the reddest state in the country. Like, it consistently votes for Republicans by wider margin than, I think, even than, like, Alabama and Mississippi and stuff. Mm. Because at least in Alabama and Mississippi, you have a a sizable African-American population. And Utah is, like, Republican country. Clinton and Trump tied at 26. Now, add 26 and 26 together, you only get 52. So you got an awful lot of other votes to divide up. And sure enough, Evan McMullen, third-party candidate, coming in at 22%, right behind Clinton and Trump. Now, I have to confess an enormous amount of personal bias here. Evan McMullen just announced one of my best girlfriends (laughs) is his vice president's running mate. I was like... Whoa! I am totally. I know exactly where I'm going to go for uh, White House tour tickets in in the McMullen Finn administration. So, so and Mindy's <laughs> husband Dave, he he does work with uh, my firm at Echelon. He's one of my husband's best friends, and I said I'm going to. I want to get a shirt that's like Dave Feinberg for 
Sagotis, second gentleman of the United States. Like, <laughs> like that's my like after I get my McMullen Finn, it's gonna shirt. catch on like wildfire. But I, I, I think it was Ariel Edwards Levy, the only person I would follow on Twitter if I could only follow one human being, True. who noted quite correctly that the portmanteau of McMullen and Finn is literally McMuffin. Oh, she came up with that. Oh, good for her. That's good. Oh, yeah. Of course she did. Of course she did. Um, But the reason why this Utah poll matters, why does Utah matter, you may say? Well, Utah is really important for Donald Trump to be able to put together 270. You have to create a really generous map right now to get him to 270. You have to give him all of the Romney states and Florida and Ohio and Nevada and Iowa and New Hampshire and that extra main congressional district. I think I think that's it. I'm trying to look at this map and see if I've missed anything else. Right. So, so you he can't lose anything. He you can't, can't lose, lose any of those Iowa or North Carolina or Arizona or any, or any of those places. But then if Utah falls off the table for him but does not go to Hillary Clinton, you wind up in this weird 268 264 situation where nobody gets enough electoral votes and guess what who gets to decide the u.s house of representatives <laughs> so i tweeted this map out like the this only is, institution more popular than donald trump this right now. this is the mcmuffin map mm. that if if this map unfolds then evan mcmullen and mindy finn will have potentially prevented either Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump from becoming president. And, and you tweeted that out right before we came in here and people were like, well, that's nice, but there's no way he's going to win and, and any I, of those states. I totally can yeah, see. This, this is just an like a thought experiment. It's a thought experiment. It's an extraordinarily generous map to right. Donald Trump. And like my column at The Examiner today is all about how not only do I think Donald Trump is not going to win, but it's like a bad experiment in – trying to grow your market share by changing your product dramatically and you wind up alienating a whole bunch of your existing customers in the process and so then you have to go out of business or it's like eric Cantor: is it the pizza or is it the box right so now <laughs> oh yeah that came up yesterday or the box or would you like this you know turd so, sandwich yeah instead? i'm like no the angry the angry orange pizza box is not the problem we need to start serving pizza people want to eat so um, nonetheless um that's that's the one state poll i would put in, in front of you all is the, the McMuffin map, very low probability of being a thing, but, but not a zero. No. There's not a zero probability of anything happening. No. And I mean, right now, at this particular moment, the polls are all very favorable toward Clinton. All the, you know, she's moving up in all the averages. All the recent polls have shown her, you know, gaining a little bit, um, clearly a bump from all the wackiness, you know, the it's, but it's so fast moving. It almost seems ridiculous to kind of linger on any one of them. I mean, the other thing is, what do Republicans do? And what does it mean for down ballot races? I don't think we know the answer to that either. Um, you know, you have a lot of people saying in some of these polls, the morning consult political polls saying, you know, it's not going to affect my vote. A plurality say it's not going to affect my vote either way. About a third to 40 percent say that, you know, maybe you have more people saying it's going to make me less likely to vote for a candidate if they stood with Trump. But it's it's I think it's too early to say for one. And two, I don't know how people respond to these in a vacuum. And have it actually represent how they feel about their own embattled 
senator or embattled member of Congress. I think that it's going to be so unique to some of these races. You know, where you have Kelly Ayotte, who has very clear vulnerabilities, uh, you know, in an ad, and you have others who have been, uh, you know, more clear in their opposition to Trump for a while. You know, John McCain, you know, I think drawing a little bit of a clearer line. Who knows? You know, I don't know. Or somebody, even like a Rob Portman, who's just said, like, I'm voting for him, and that's it. And just, and, and actually, Portman may have changed his position, but... I there, thought he said he was going to write in Pence. Oh, maybe he did say that over the weekend. But there, there's no clip of him. Like Kelly Ayotte now has that clip where she was saying, like, of course I would have Trump as a role model for my kids. And right, she that's it, bad because people she, are voting for him who don't think right, he's a role and, model and for she, kids. And she walked it back, of course, like, oh, that was a dumb thing to say. But, but like, the tape is still out there. And it's, yeah. I mean, the DSCC is definitely going to use it in an ad. Sorry, so, ben, sorry in an ad, yeah. Um, so, anyhow. Yeah, so I think it remains to be seen how some of this, you know, some of this stuff goes. Um, and I don't, obviously, there's no right clear answer because we haven't seen any clear, consistent answer coming out of the, you know, Republican leadership or what their plan is. You have people who, you know, you know, said they were leaving Trump now going back. So, I, you know, I just don't know how that unfolds over the next week. So we'll see. Well, this has also been an election where conspiracy theories and rumors have flourished. And the truth is potentially a big casualty of this election. Um, the Farley Dickinson University poll asked a bunch of people about a variety of different rumors and conspiracy theories to figure out what do people think is true or false? And do Trump supporters uh, have a stronger or Clinton supporters have a stronger propensity for believing conspiracy theories and questionable rumors? Now, bear in mind, not all of the things tested in this poll are necessarily crazy questionable rumors. Some right. of these things are things where there is some pretty credible evidence to suggest that they're at least half true. Right. Um, but or some, as a theory, not necessarily or cons- as a theory, conspiracy yeah. theory, like Trump not releasing his tax returns because they would show financial ties to Russia. That's not really a conspiracy theory. It's just an unproven theory. Right. It's a guess. It's a guess. It's a And, and similarly, you know, the, so the second most believed quote unquote conspiracy was that both political parties rig the primary so outsider candidates have a hard time getting the nomination. She would I would probably say yes to that, even though my political party just did the opposite. <laughs> we can't we 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 literally We're passed, gonna rig it to have the worst possible candidate. I, I mean win. what's what's particularly ironic is that a lot of the rules that were passed to prevent outsider candidates from getting the nomination are exactly the rules that prevented opposition from taking out Trump at the convention. So always fighting always fighting the last war. Um, but then there are ones that there are far fewer people that believe in. Um, things like the Sandy Hook shootings were faked. Um, that that Bush, one just makes me so sad. A majority of Trump supporters believe global warming is a myth concocted by scientists. According to this poll, um, Bush knew about the 9-11 attacks before they happened. This is one where there's actually not – it doesn't look like there's as huge a difference as you might expect between Trump and Clinton supporters. Um, government allows drugs to flourish in inner cities in order to imprison more blacks and Latinos. Um, these are things where you have less than a majority of people saying they believe them. But nonetheless, you have over a quarter of people, including over a quarter of uh, both Trump and Clinton supporters, agreeing with, with these various statements. So uh, lots of – Lots of, I think, belief in conspiracies these days. People are willing willing to believe the worst about institutions, and I don't know that I'd blame them. Yeah. I mean, we had some folks um, tweet at us about the NBC Wall Street Journal poll and say, well, you should mention that that poll is conducted by a, a Hillary Clinton super PAC because it's done, conducted by 
heart research along with POS and heart research. We remember we had Jeff Garrett on the show. They do the priorities pack. Um, but the NBC Wall Street Journal partnership between POS and heart research predates the word super PAC. It's been going oh, yeah. on for decades before there was anything called a super PAC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so mm. no. So that's not how that works. But it, it, it does go into this whole like believing your own set of stuff, your own set of facts and information. Uh, the Washington Post monkey cage had a um, – had some research where they showed that uh, people did not believe polls that showed their preferred candidate losing. So Republicans, you know, saw this real difference, particularly with Republicans more so than with Democrats, that Republicans um, were far less likely to believe a poll uh, was accurate if it showed Clinton leading only about 5% when you had far more of believing that poll was accurate if it showed a Trump lead. That's among Republicans. You see the similar pattern among Democrats. It's not quite as dramatic, but it's definitely still there. Um, and if this isn't enough to make you crazy, well, you are not alone. There was a Gail Sheehy story in the Politico magazine um, about a therapist who did a national poll of a 1,000 voting age Americans. 43%, not just people in therapy, reported experiencing emotional distress related to Trump and his campaign. Only 28% felt the same way about Hillary Clinton's campaign. 90% of those feeling distressed say it's worse compared to any previous election. I saw one person write that maybe, I don't know if it was in the story or someplace else, like Trump is a walking trigger warning. Just when you think about things like abuse and bullying and you see the way he talks, it just, it can activate that for you. And there were some anecdotes in the story that were really troubling, like people saying it just made them think about their family fleeing Europe during the Holocaust and just, you know, having to worry about your own family safety. There's been other studies that show an increase in bullying in school that people were relating to Trump. Um, there are reports on this. It is pretty worrying. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a joke. I mean, it's not a joking it's 27 matter. days, America. 27 days. <sighs> hold it together. We can get through this. But if you, I believe in us. But if you go see your psychiatrist about this, your psychiatrist is more likely to be a Democrat, according to an analysis done in the upshot at New York Times. They looked at all the different um, – medical disciplines and doctors who work in infectious diseases or psychiatry, pediatrics or geriatrics are far more likely to be democratic while surgeons, urologists, radiologists, those folks are disproportionately likely to be Republicans. I find it particularly ironic that the doctors whose job is to make you numb are among the most Republican. I think those are the <laughs> ones where you make more money. And I think that's part of the thing. Yes, that's probably also a big piece of it. Yeah. So I don't know which comes first. We don't know causality here. Is the earning larger income make you more Republican or Republicans say, I want to go into a discipline that earns more income? We don't know the upshot. I don't know if we'll find out today, but it is an interesting thought. Uh, last but not least, let's do something fun. Halloween is coming up. Time to start thinking about what Halloween candy you will give out at your front door. I'm super excited. This is the first year that I'm going to have a house or the front door. It's that really can awesome. Trick or treat I remember 10 years ago, it was my first year in Washington, and I was living in like this dinky apartment in Roslyn with two of my friends from college. And I had honestly forgotten that it was actually Halloween because it wasn't a weekend day. And like Halloween was the weekend. 
Like, right. That was that was what counted, not right. the actual day. Yeah. So I'm like sitting around in my sweats, like about to watch American Idol or something. And all of a sudden there's like a knock at, or not, not American Idol, whatever was on TV that night. And there's like a knock at the door and I'm like, look out the peephole and it's two little kids in costumes oh, and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't have any candy in this you give house. Out, you give out change like, in that situation. Like, like, you know, it was an apartment complex of like broke young professionals. And so I was like. I think I just didn't even open the door because I was like, I don't think I have, like, I don't have anything, I don't have anything to give these kids. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a good role model right now. So this is like, finally, I now it's live big. somewhere where there will be real trick or treating. Well, you should think about like dressing up oh, and having something spooky outside your house, like I've, all that kind of I've stuff. I've got some Halloween lights and uh, Mindy actually. Mindy for She's going to take some time off the trail. Long story. To, like, give out candy. But bought me a Harry Potter. Oh, okay. <laughs> robe that i've just had like sitting in my closet like why do i need a harry potter robe but now it has its use that's good it was because my fantasy football team was a harry potter name and anyhow but so now i have this robe that makes sense yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) checks out right there's a there's a three-headed dog in one of the it i won't it i'm gonna bore people but it's so now I'm going to dress like I'm a Hogwarts professor. Be oh, like good. Professor McGonagall. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, we uh, we take it very seriously in Tacoma Park. It's very, it's like definitely high up there in the Tacoma Park local festivals. And so there are all kinds of, you know, people bring out books, like boxes and boxes of books to, for, to give out to kids. Like people's parents come and dress up. Like people set up like zombie stations and like things popping out and scaring nice. kids. Like people read scary stories and have like smoky cauldrons of apple cider. Like, I mean, if people go crazy and some places in the suburbs, although I haven't, although I'm sure I have, I've just missed it. You know, there's like trick or treating for the grown ups. The grown ups get like a little grown up you know, thing, drink, an adult beverage <laughs> when they stop by. So it can get pretty uh, get pretty intense in the summer. What else are you going to do except go crazy for Halloween? So, And you got like storage room for all that Halloween stuff that you don't really want in your apartment, you know, all the time. But if you have like suburban sprawl, you got a whole closet where you can keep all that junk. So anyway, I'm very excited about Halloween. I am not excited about some of these candies though. Candy corn, which is big in Texas and Oregon, is just disgusting. I think <laughs> – <laughs> Almond Joy is big in Maryland. We can't have that in my house, guys. So Marylanders, you got to Oh, Twix up. looks like it's biggest in D.C. I'm totally behind that. Twix is good. I'm very pro-Twix. That's good. Yeah, and Nestle Crunch from your home state of Florida, that's also a good one. Oh, Tennessee is also a candy corn state. Of course they are. I'm going to have very big Tennessee bitterness right now because they beat my Florida Gators. I candy corn. I mean, what is redeeming about them? There's nothing good about them other than you can break them apart in their sort of fake tears. I mean, there's just nothing good about them. And then um, Swedish fish, also pretty gross. Sweet tarts in New York, that I'm a fan of those. And Sour Patch Kids from New Jersey, I'm a fan of those too. So I'm- Washington State Airheads. I don't think I've had an Airhead since I stopped trick or treating. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is really like statistically scientific. This uh, image, which we'll tweet out from a website called Influencer, which I had never heard of, and they apparently surveyed forty thousand influencers to come up with this. So I don't know how many Washington State folks they had, to, and Airhead. We don't to know me, what the sample size was. Fair yeah, enough, fair enough. I mean, some of these things, like hundred grand Airhead, are just like not top tier candies. I don't know how they made them to the top of the list. Nerds, Utah. 
I like it. This map is pretty fun. Now it's making me really want right. candy. Toblerone from Arizona. I mean, that's a very hoity-toity <laughs> treat. <laughs> I can't believe Toblerone is the number one candy in Arizona. Right? That seems kind of random. Anyway. That's extremely random. <laughs> um, I don't even know if you could find that at your local – I don't even know if I could find that at my local CVS or grocery store. Anyway – Tacoma you Park. know what I don't see yeah, on here? Symphony bars. Those are like, mm. that's like the most under the radar, amazing Hershey product. I think it's a Hershey product. Maybe it's a Nestle product. What are the ones, like the dots that, those dots that came on the paper? <gasps> I, loved I loved those. I loved those. Why I wound are they up not eating on here? so much paper. Those things were really good. Because I would just pull them off with my mouth. And yeah. So I wound up eating. Those, like, was really, those were fun. Oh, God. And the, um, <laughs> Yeah, they're not – I guess candy cigarettes are probably not a thing anymore like they were when I was a kid. But anyway, uh, yeah. um, but the candy dots, those I liked. Not, I guess they're not really a thing anymore. Okay, so key findings. Let's not get the message muddled here, folks. The tapes are not about cursing but about assault. That could explain some of the differences in results we're seeing. And while the impact on the race is clear, for at least for now – the impact on Republicans' fortunes, way too early to say. News is moving faster than public opinion, and public opinion is moving faster than pollsters. But is this election giving you stress? Are you binge eating candy and McMuffins? Talk to the pollsters. Tell us how that makes you feel. And you can tell us on Twitter at, at the pollsters or individually at, at Margie O'Mero and at Casolta Sanderson. Come to www.thepolsters.com for our link to a comprehensive list of all pollsters and polling-related sites you might want to visit, plus our show notes for the stories that we've talked about on this week's show. Find us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com slash the pollsters, where we'll post links to the things we might talk about in the upcoming show. Um, you can also make sure that you've liked this week at ABC on Facebook, because every Monday, uh, Margie and I are going to be popping up there to do a little uh, deep dive on the polls and where things stand kind of midweek. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher. And don't forget to write a review if you haven't yet so far. We'd really love to hear from you. Great. Thanks. When we listen to the radio, we never agree on the station. Classic rock. Hip-hop. Pop. Guys, quiet. The one thing we do agree on, we all want an awesome free phone. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four free phones of your choice from brands you love, like Samsung, Motorola, and LG when you switch. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Free phone requires port. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.